Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around, you're in the right place. All right, guys, we got a great show for you today. We have Drew. He's the CEO and founder of a company called Scout. They are... Well, let me just read it to you because I don't want to get it wrong. Okay, They are building the ultimate real estate search platform. They describe themselves as matchmakers in the service industry. Now, right now, their bread and butter is working to help match up the right real estate agent in a local area with consumers and their specific needs. But they're doing way more than that. And Drew issued, issued uh, some interesting predictions, I think, in this episode. You're going to want to kick back and relax because you're going to enjoy the show. Well, hey, Drew. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Nate. Happy to be here. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. And you know, no one else out there knows this, but Drew has exercised extreme patience with me. My travel schedule, my uh, work schedule, everything schedule has been ridiculous. and I've made it far more difficult for him to join the show. So really appreciate you taking side the time to share what you got going on because I think it's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm not going to give it away. Drew, uh, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. Drew Fabrican, CEO and founder of Scout. Um, Scout is essentially a, uh, a matchmaking platform in the real estate services sector. Um, we, we have a uh, theory that better transactions are made with the support of you know, the best team around you and and we, we found that, you know, out there on the market, performance, especially in real estate, was just um, really, really hard to come by. So uh, it's difficult to find good service providers or the right service providers. And, mm. uh, and when, you, when you've got the largest financial decision of your lifetime, you know, having the best representative at your side is incredibly important. So, you know, we, we couldn't find it out there, so we had to build it. And um, that's what Scout is doing, really helping connect buyers and sellers with best service providers for whatever they're looking for in real estate tech. Yeah, yeah. And you guys are relatively a new platform, right? Yeah, uh, we really just started marketing this year. Uh, we've been building out our algorithm and our backend and our formulas and databases for, uh, for a couple of years, but um, really making a, a big splash this year. Yeah. And so, you know, if we had to like, if, if you had to like boil it down to the one problem that Scout is really trying to solve that everyone needs to know about, what's that, what's really that one problem? Oh yeah. I mean, it, it really goes back to that large financial decision. And, uh, and I think sellers grasp this a lot. So uh, you've got, you've got a home, um, and you've probably got most of your finances tied up in it. And when the time comes for you to sell it, uh, you're really only going through that process once every you know, four to seven years, maybe even even more than that. And you're you're kind of clueless in the space, for lack of a better term. So having somebody that you can trust that doesn't come through word of mouth referral, you know, you got to talk to the guy. Um, we always hear that, or you know, the person who sold it to us, we just flipped it back to them, or I get connected to a random agent on Zillow no idea who they are or what they've done. Um, and that's, uh, that's a scary place to be because you've essentially you know, not really done your diligence in the process, right? We, we seek out the best service providers, whether they're you know, attorneys or going into uh, to a surgery, you want to make sure you get the best surgeon. But you know, for some reason in real estate, people just say, you know, I, I don't know, I got an introduction. So 
trying to improve that. I mean, if nothing else, it's, it's just further proof that when you remove friction from a process, people will take action, you know, and you kind of pointed out like finding a good real estate agent to represent you in this transaction requires due diligence and due diligence is hard. It's mentally taxing. And it's probably the hardest part about it is what questions do you even have to know to ask and where do you even go to ask those questions? So like you said, like get an intro and someone says, I guess, maybe fine. And they never think about if that was a good decision until unfortunately after the, the transaction. Yeah. Unfortunately, the pain is really only felt after you kind of engaged the wrong person, got six months down the road, realized, oh man, they told me I was going to get 20% higher. It was on the market ever. Um, I, I got hit with all these carrying costs, missed my deadline. Um, not to mention, I had to drag, you know, I, I had 20 people coming through my house every single weekend. Um, right. It's painful and uh, it creates a lot of uncertainty. We, we find that we take a lot of clients from a position like that and turn it around for them. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, end up being the second agent, but, but the right one. Yeah. So walk me through, like, what would be a scenario where a scout is introduced to a, uh, a seller? How would they find you uh, to know to work with you guys? Yeah. So traditionally, we've, we've really just been word of mouth. Um, the majority of our clients have come through uh, either our social networks or private wealth managers, accountants, uh, attorneys, people in the, the personal finance sphere. Um, they know about our service. They see the value in what we're doing. They send their clients because they know that it's really the best. We're, we're the only alternative to a very unsophisticated decision-making process. So um, clients come to us. We empower them with information and data. We give them transparency around performance. We let them make great decisions. Um, and I think that's something that they really appreciate is, uh, is understanding that there is an alternative. Yeah. And then the matchmaking part, when does that take place? So the first thing that we need to do is make sure that our clients are properly understanding of the process. There's so much that goes involved, that gets involved. It's incredibly complex and it takes you know, six months to, to get a place sold from start to finish. There's generally uh, some things that you have to do with respect to lining up financing or, or being prepared to... Uh, pay taxes on something. Sometimes you have to coordinate the move. Um, a lot of it is driven around seasonality. So the, the first part of the process is connecting with our client service associates. And we've built out an amazing team of specialists and experts that can answer any question about real estate uh, for the most part. We take a lot of data. We make sense of it. We help them understand what their home could be worth in general range or probably get um, you know, the best agents out there. We, we put our algorithm to work and it services uh, the people with the most experience for that particular type of sale. Um, we'll interview them. We'll ask all of the relevant questions. Um, we know how many deals they've done in the last year, whether they're in the right price in the neighborhood, whether they're doing them successfully, you know, price to list ratios. It's, it's essentially all of the diligence that you would do if you had 20 hours on your own to go through 50 to 100 different websites, um, put all of that in an Excel spreadsheet and then analyze it for your particular purpose. Now, are you partnering with MLS 
uh, providers in order to get that sort of data, that granularity? Yes, we are. Okay. Um, you have to be a licensed real estate broker in order to access that data. Yep. Or under. Um, so we take that data directly from the MLS. Uh, we'll join it with some other databases and data sources that we've built that are proprietary to scout yep. to really get a very, very full picture. And then uh, it all goes through an algorithm uh, on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, see, this is that, that's one of the... The unfair advantages, I, I think, that you're providing to the consumer, and I like this because, you know, one thing that doesn't get talked about a whole lot is the, the list price to sale price. You know, that percentage, you know, real estate agents are paying attention to that because they want to know where they got to come in or where they can come in on offer. And then they, you know, try to leverage that for pricing. And that makes a lot of sense. But when, when you're thinking about maybe from a, a seller perspective, of course, you, you'd probably want to find someone who's got a, a close one-to-one or even a, a one-to-higher you know higher ratio on list-to-sale price. So you're able to pull that data and then allow consumers to compare agents in their area who have better stats. Yeah. And that all goes into the calculation. And it's, it's so important. Um, yeah especially when you're interviewing agents to go in armed with that information or armed with at least those questions to ask because so many deals are won, unfortunately, by agents that are going in and just blowing pricing out of the water. And they'll say, we can get you $100,000 more than this guy said. And then ultimately it gets listed and it never gets any hits. And now you drop the price once, you drop the price twice. It's uh, it's a terrible signaling indicator, and then buyers say, "Oh well, there must be something wrong with this listing." Well, there's nothing really wrong with the listing, but maybe there was something wrong with the agent. You know, the agent went trying to win a deal and uh, wasn't really um, representing the full picture. Maybe cherry picking some listings. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I personally would rather go with the person who has accurate pricing uh, yeah. than, than the person who inflates pricing and doesn't really manage expectations. Now, see, this is one of those things like I, I have to share this little bit of story yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I like being transparent about this. So one of my very first, uh, probably one of my like first five appointments I went out on as a real estate agent, right? I, I talked to another agent in my office and said, hey, can you come with me? This person said they, they're going to sell. It's a half million dollar property. They got acreage. They're going to subdivide it. We're going to have deals on. Like, of course, I was on fire about the whole thing. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was doing. But I had one thing <laughs> that I was very prepared for. I was very prepared and I practiced it, was answering the question, so how long have you been a real estate agent? Right? Because I was brand new. That was my biggest fear. Somebody's going to ask me that. And so the, sure enough, this guy asked me, he said, so how long have you been a real estate agent? The only answer I had for him was, oh man, it feels like forever. <laughs> and you know, as soon as I said that, he checked it always does. You know, and I said, and then I, all I did was talk about our team. Now I worked, worked on a team, so we had team stats, and that was far more impressive than I was. Um, you know, and I never got that listing. I think that's probably best for that guy. Uh, I never got that listing, you know? Uh, but it, it was one of those things where like, you know, it would not only have been good for him, it actually would have saved me some time as an agent because I wouldn't have gotten that appointment. Like he would have, he would have went with another agent while that would have hurt as a newbie. Like that would have saved me time, you know, taking on something I shouldn't have been taken on. I can focus on business that was more up my alley. Yeah. 
So uh, I'm curious though. So do, do agents then sign up for Scout? Is that how they get put into the running? Or are you calling up an agent and say, hey, we got a client that is a perfect fit for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll just piggyback on what you were saying right there. And that's some of the feedback that we're getting from agents all the time is thank you so much for sending us clients that actually have needs that we can address. You know, so many times it's just a bad match. You can be a quote unquote great agent with a ton of experience, but if it's outside of your wheelhouse for location, price, or transaction type, right. it's never going to be a good fit. So yep. Yep. What, what we've actually done is went through all the hard work of pulling all this information creating these profiles. Um, and most agents, you know, they don't even know they're on the platform. Um, I'll give New York City as an example. We've got over 48,000 agents profiles in New York City alone. Um, and we're not just talking about buyer and seller reps. We're talking about commercial leasing investments. So an extreme example of this, you know, you've got a great investment salary and they're doing multifamily deals. You know, 71% of, uh, of buyers and sellers, I think, um, the way they find their agent is word of mouth. So if your friend is doing investment sales deals, you say, hey, I'm trying to buy a condo in the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, what are you talking about? I don't know how to do this. <laughs> um, so, so Scout goes to work, finds the best person to do that. We, we then either approach that agent uh, based off of the ranking that our algorithm through, interview them, uh, or if you've already worked with them, then you know, it's, a, it's a pretty seamless engagement. Had Scout existed years ago, Ryan Serhant would never be the million-dollar listing guy. Who's <laughs> <laughs> back three? Ryan, Ryan's a, uh, he's a great guy. and um, I, love, I love his story because I think he actually exemplifies hard work uh, at a great All hustle all day long. All hustle. But I love his story about how he got on the show. He was like, man, they wanted the best realtor. And even though I didn't have the numbers yet, I still was the best. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I'm very curious. This is one thing I was looking at. I'm a marketer. So of course I got to know these things. There's two questions. You know, what's behind the name Scout? And why did you run with the domain name Trust Scout? Oh, man. Great questions and, uh, and, and great response. Well, I hope. <laughs> so we actually started as a company called Top Agents. Um, you know, very generic, really uh, hit home on what we do. But at the same time, uh, we were a lot more than that. We were, we were a lot more than just finding the top real estate agents. Um, I think when you're, when you're starting a company, you don't want something like your name to get in the way of pulling the trigger. It doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes you just got to go and service the clients you have. So Top Agents was easy. It was simple. Uh, we went with that. But a little bit through our journey, we realized, well, why are we limiting ourselves just to real estate agents when there's an entire services industry out there that has this similar type of data and our clients have similar needs for attorneys, lending entities, title companies, contracts. And if the information is out there and we're going to scale and grow into those verticals, we're going we're to help put you know, experts in those industries in touch with our clients for their needs and aspects. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of scouts, we're scouting out the best for our particular clients. And um, Trust Scout, we, we looked at a couple of different websites. And I think one was Choose Scout, Hello Scout. Um, Scout.com was taken by a, uh, 
a sports scouting website. They want to know right. But um, but trust is, is so inherent in what we're doing. Mm. We want we want our clients to come to the table trusting their service providers. That is so incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you're already doing some of that. You're not just working with real estate agents, right? You already have some other service providers. Yeah. I mean, we've profiled over, I think, 3,500 attorneys, got about 4,000 uh, contractors on our back end. We're wow. ripping information from, uh, from Department of Buildings filings, permitting, and uh, going through docs, real party transfer tax docs. Built a lot of really cool technology on that end too. And, um, and in conjunction with data sets that we've already put together, um, we can build profiles around them as well. That's when that's see, that's phenomenal because like you're you're finding the people who are likely that could do the work that would be needed around the real estate transaction, it sounds like. While it could yeah. be dependent of, but it'll be around that transaction. It's not something that we really advertise, it's more value add. Uh, yeah. but as we scale and grow, the the whole goal is get that expert team around you. And um real estate process it's it, it's not one person taking you through the entire thing. No, I need a team. Yeah, you, you need a great team. The team needs yeah. to be talking to each other and the team needs to be experienced and mm-hmm. you're only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah, I mean you got your inspector, you got your lenders, but the agent they have their coordination transactors, you gotta know your title company and who works for the people at the title company, and then you gotta have a guy for everything. But most people just don't build that. Even if they tried, they can't build that on their own. So I see where this is just, this is that value that the average agent can't bring on their own. And yeah. so humor finds you guys, not only do they get a better agent, but they'll, they'll get that full team that comes along. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're essentially the you know, offensive coordinator. <laughs> I like we're, we're, we're more than even the quarterback. We're the, we're the offensive coordinator. You run an uh, East Coast or West Coast offense? Uh, I mean, we're New York. So we're, I guess we're East Coast. <laughs> That's not special, man. Run the ball down the middle. Hail Marys too, though. <laughs> so what, uh, one, one thing I took notice of is you have what's called a scout score. Talk me through the scout score and how that helps uh, consumers. Yeah, so the scout score, it's, um, it's different for everybody. Um, and, and when we set out, we wanted to be different than like Yelp or uh, a Google that's based off of five stars. And we know that, you know, the same person isn't the best for everything. Um, you, know, you and I are in totally different places. I'm just a, uh, you know, poor startup guy. So when I'm going to try to buy a, uh, a place of my own, um, I've got a, a certain price point. I'm looking at a certain area. Mm-hmm. And the Scout store... Um, takes what my needs are, you know, my budget, um, the type of, of apartment, you know, whether it's a condo or a co-op or a townhome or a single family home, what I'm trying to buy or sell and, um, and the neighborhoods that I'm looking at and matching all of my criteria to a particular agent or service providers past transactions in their history. And that score um, is dynamic. It changes every single time. So it's not like the same agent is coming up all the time. Um, right. It, it's really important that it's uh, very precise. And that's where you, your leveraging data comes in. It, it gives people something to, they can actually compare because it's hard to compare, you know, if you're just looking at the, 
you know, real estate stats of their own, but you're putting together a score. So that makes it, gives people the ability to, to, to compare. Yeah. And there are some companies out there that, that do a good job of providing transparency in the market. But I think, you know, if you look at what labor places are, uh, or marketplaces are doing, the evolution of the marketplace, we're moving from um, uh, just a transparency marketplace, two-sided traditional to a matching marketplace. And that's what Scout's accomplishing too. We're not just going to give you the data, provide transparency around performance, right. but the Scout score is really a match. It's how well this transaction matched. Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry about that. I still got a little bit of a, a cough from my, my trip this past weekend here. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really great. It actually makes me think, uh, you know, this past weekend, uh, I was at a uh, three and a half day long bachelor party. Um, and of course, at one point there was really a cough. <laughs> uh, you know, at one point there was some video games. I don't know, but ever play video games. But when you say the scout score, I'm honestly in like my head, I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, you know, it'd be kind of cool. It's like swing when you pick a racing game and you got the different race car drivers and you show their speed and acceleration yeah. and handling. We should just now line them up like that. Like give eight different agents, they get little go-karts, you know, and then they have the attributes underneath. You know, uh, that'd be the kind of thing that I think would be pretty funny to <laughs> just yeah. to visualize, make it entertaining shopping for your next agent. Yeah. I mean, Princess Peach is going to fly through the course and, uh, you know, Bowser is going to just blow it through <laughs> the Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so here's one thing I was interested in. I'm sure you get some data and I, I you know, obviously share what you can. Um, sure. Not all consumers are the same, but I have a feeling that there's some common characteristics of the consumers who seek out Scout. Are you able to, to talk about, like, what are some of the common characteristics you find amongst your customers? Yeah, um, we've, we've kind of worked with everybody. Uh, I think when you explain the value proposition of the model, people get it. They understand it. And we've done everything from a $50,000 sale outside of, you know, Kalamazoo, Michigan to a $7.1 million combo sale in the Upper West Side. Um, wow. what, every, what everybody's kind of common thread is there is they value their time, they value their money, and they value, you know, the, the benefits of a great decision. That's phenomenal. Um, and then, and, you know, kind of tying on to that, um, you know, are you able to, to share like how many, how many deal sides you guys have been able to help complete? Sounds like you've, you've covered a lot of ground from being, you know, <laughs> to, to Kalamazoo. That's a fair amount of ground within a year of, of marketing a service. Yeah. Um, most real estate companies do not venture outside of a, a single metro area when they first launch. So, you know, I, I'm curious, like, you know, how many deals have you done this year? And, you know, potentially what, what do you think it's going to be growing to next? Yeah, so we're working with, uh, with hundreds of buyers and sellers right now. I think we've got oh, wow. we're 350 active in the pipeline, um, probably this month alone. And we're, we're trying to do thousands, you know, tens of thousands of transactions. Um, and it's, it's really about matching the people with the service providers. Um, we want Scout to be the place that you go whenever you think of, oh, I need somebody in real estate. Um, you don't go to Yelp. You don't go to a friend. Uh, you end up coming to Scout. So you know, with that being said, there's over 2 million licensed um, 
real estate agents in the United States. I believe 1.3 NAR. Now, there are hundreds of thousands of commercial agents. Uh, you've got your lenders. Um, we want to be matching every single one of them. You know, that yeah. we want to do every one of those 5.3 million uh, transactions. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Not just not just ten percent the market, man. We're going full market penetration here. There. Um, so now, because because you've covered different cities already, but do you, do you have a focus of like one metro area or a few areas where you see the greatest potential, or you just put it out there nationwide? Hey, we're available. We can make this happen. Yeah, I mean, because we're kind of this hybrid uh, concierge service, we can help with uh, the strategic direction of a purchase and sale. Um, and we're not doing the deals directly. We're referring them out to real estate agents. So uh, we can work with agents in any, any area. Um, 40, how many states there? 50? 50. 50. 50. There's, a, there's a few territories too. Yeah. Yeah. How many? Yeah. Puerto Rico also. Um, yep. Guam. But um, you know, we're not geographically limited. Uh, as long as we can go out there and get the data, uh, we're willing to help. And I think you see that, you know, the clients that we work with are generally a higher price point for their area. Uh, they really value service. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for our specific strategy, we're going to key in on top 10 uh, MSAs and we'll move out from there. But right now, really focus on just owning New York. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. I mean, the sample size in New York is just... <laughs> <laughs> you, you you could probably get more bang for your buck standing on the corner with a sign advertising in New York and get more impressions than you could run Facebook ads in Kalamazoo. I mean, it's just that's that's very very true. You know, we've got we're we're lucky to be based in New York and have a uh, very high average uh, transaction price tag. You know, it's like two million dollars on the island of Manhattan and a million dollars in the USA and. Um, you know, we, we obviously, uh, we love those deals. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll throw this out here cause I, I sometimes have these ideas. Um, I like the big cities cause I like the mobile advertising trucks. I think it's brilliant. They're stuck in traffic. People are just walking past them, right? You can't help but get fantastic impressions. Okay. Take it next level. I think you guys got to partner up with Lime, put some ads in the Lime cars. You see, you ever seen them? There we go. There we go. We've got uh, the lime car up to, up on top. Yeah, you know, like we've got the old we taxi ad. I think we need to start doing some advertising in those cars. You know, when in we were car. top agent, our uh, yeah. our logo had a little mustache, so we we were always envisioning this perfect partnership <laughs> with Lyft, and we were going. Oh yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> I think that'd be that'd be kind of that'd be kind of cool. Um, so w- one thing I, uh, I always like to ask people because I think this uh, talks a little bit about probably it always inevitably leads to culture. Is uh, what's been helping you guys grow? Like what have you been focusing on that's been able to take you to where you've gotten already this year? Yeah, the only thing that we focus on are our clients. You know, mm-hmm. We pride ourselves on being incredibly client centric and doing what's best. And I think in uh, you know in this industry, a lot of the the companies that have been built have always focused traditionally on the agent and the broker. Yeah, and we want to turn that model around, and we want to make sure that you know, however we are servicing these clients, um, it's in their best interest, and yeah. that's kind of the culture that we've built um, internally, and something that you know I I certainly preach on a daily basis. 
Got it. Now, uh, obviously, um, with, with finding growth in any area, you often find that you make a, a, a mistake here or two. Uh, have there ever been, have there been any experiments or things that you started trying that you realize, uh, Hey, this isn't going to work. We're going to need to go ahead and change away from that. Yeah. I think you're, you've got to be agile. You've got to constantly be iterating things that work one day. Don't even necessarily work the next. And you know, things come from the most unlikely of places. We've, we've tried some marketing strategies where we were sure they weren't going to work and they were absolutely, you know, explosions. And, um, you know, we've, uh, we've stuck to some things that really work well. And, and I think what works best is just those word of mouth referrals, getting out there and talking to people. They, mm. they absolutely love what we're selling. Um, we're, we're not even really selling anything. I guess this is a good time to tell you our, our service is entirely free. Um, right. But they love the value prop, love the value that we have. Um, we do a lot of Google AdWords. You can find us online. Uh, we've got some content pieces. We do uh, marketing emails. We've got some Fortune 500 uh, relationships where we provide employee perks, um, yeah. partnerships with other companies in the value chain that send us some deals. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing all of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that you're totally right. Being agile, um, there's just no other way to do it because you have to, you got to find that winning combination of what works today isn't necessarily likely to work a year from now, you know, in terms of growth or work as well, you know? Yeah. Or what works really well and then gets disclosed to the general market ends up getting oversaturated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Um, so, uh, you know, what, uh, one of the things I was looking up when I was uh, researching you guys a little bit is, you know, you, you have done some fundraising. Uh, yeah. Crunchbase describes it as a pre-seed round. What is a pre-seed round? Uh, and, and, you know, the, the follow-up to that is, you know, are you planning on uh, uh, just bootstrapping it all the way through? Or are you going to raise another round to, to take it to the next level? Yeah, so to date, um, I mean, well, up until our, our first quote-unquote pre-seed round, we were totally bootstrapped. We were uh, revenue-generating day one. We built out our entire technology and platform. Um, from, from our MVP, which was uh, an Excel macro. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the true lean startup right there. I mean, there, there you go. I remember our, our first client was selling like a $6 million place in Park City. And, you know, I was telling him we had all this amazing technology. And like, you know, just like you, I was swinging for the fences, right? And, uh, and he asked us for, you know, uh, a report on, on what we were doing. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm caught red handed. Um, you know, we, we took all this, uh, this data, ran it through an Excel macro, uploaded it to PowerPoint, made it look beautiful. And, you know, they, they ended up absolutely loving the, uh, the agents that we put forth, but in the end ended up going a totally different way and ended up auctioning off the property. Uh, <laughs> but it proved that the model worked. It proved that, you know, we yep. could execute on it. We just needed to make it scalable. So, and we've gone from bootstrapping to, uh, to proving out uh, a business model that really works, that customers love, uh, raised a couple of dollars on that through some, some amazing VCs, like Jason Calacanis. We've got some friends and families. Wow. Who are, uh, you know, 
Forbes ranked number one uh, private wealth managers in their space. Um, and people who work at, at nationwide um, level, multi-billion dollar uh, real estate industries. Uh, we got some investors. Um, and I think once you start fundraising, you never stop fundraising. <laughs> so we're, we're probably on that path right now. Very cool. Very cool. You know, and, and then obviously the, the, the follow-up question here for, for many of the guests that I have on is why do you think there's so much funding happening in real estate tech right now? It looks already like this year is going to maintain pace with last year uh, as far as amount of VC funding coming into the industry. Why is that happening? It's incredible. Uh, real estate has always been such a laggard in the industry. It's this behemoth dinosaur that has traditionally been, you know, a third generation business. Um, that and uh, in a relationship. Business. Yep. And I think that a lot of the people who have made a tremendous amount of money in real estate really understand real estate, but don't really understand technology. Mm. People who really understand technology don't necessarily understand real estate. And that's the big problem, I think. Yeah. So you're starting to see the second, third generation of real estate owner operators, investors um, start to foray into how do we use technology to make it better? Um, And that's kind of one of the reasons that that I think it's been lagging behind for so long. It's just a knowledge gap, but it's it's coming together. And I think when you've got a, you know, $16 trillion TAM, um, people are going to notice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, that, that's totally part of it. I mean, as, as everyone else raises money, it raises, Hey, what, what are those people doing over there? You know, it, it lifts interest and, you know, it's, to some degree, it's a snowball effect. Um, you know, especially when, you know, companies I'd say like open door, hate to say it this way, but they've really opened the door, (laughs) you know, to, to thinking how, wait, how big is the opportunity potentially here? And I always try to weed out. We work when talking about this because they're a little bit of a different example. Um, also, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even have an opinion these days. I'm still just like scratch my head asking other people to explain it to me because I'm not smart. I enough. think you're still trying to read between the lines of the S1 like the rest of us. <laughs> well, I don't read that stuff, but I do read the articles that other people write from reading it. And uh, yeah, I'm still not really sure I understand things, but it's okay. You know, I enjoy my WeWork membership. Um, <laughs> you're you're benefiting directly. <laughs> well, it comes with the Amex Platinum. If you didn't know that, you get a full year we work with your Amex Platinum. See me for the referral code. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so I'm gonna want one more question, and then we'll we'll jump into some segments. I, I you know, I'm just curious. I mean, because I know that the whole the platform of what you're doing is a little bit different. But you know, if you could boil down, there's like one thing unique that you guys can handle that no one else in the industry is even bothering to attempt to tackle or is doing well? What, what is that one thing? Yeah, it's, it's really measuring performance. Measuring performance in the services industry. And, and nobody has bothered to uh, figure out how to make the transaction better by doing that. Everybody's looking to find out how do we disintermediate all these people. We're, we're trying to make better relationships mm. um, rather than no relationships. Because, you know, this is, this is advisory at its heart. And we're trying to um, take the agents from where they used to be, where the service providers, you know, they were gatekeepers yep. of information. Their roles are changing. 
They have to be advisors and we're finding the best advisors. That's solid. Well, cool. We're going to shift into a segment that uh, I like to call for the future. So for the future is where I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based (laughs) on the following four questions. This is going to be easy. Drew, are you ready to play? We can't wait. All right, here we go. Easy one. Uh, First one, what does Scout look like one year from now? Uh, One year from now, I think um, we're we're in the top 10 markets. We're in all of them. We're doing deals. um, Every price point, every price range, we probably rolled out our uh, front-facing platform where you can totally service on your own. And we've got some other amazing tools that just make the process so much simpler. Awesome. Question number two, what will the housing market look like one year from now? Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, I I think the better question is what does the housing market look like tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, interest rates are incredibly low. Uh, Prices are at an all-time high, but you've also seen occupancy is really low and it's real estate so micro rather than being macro. Um, We're in a tremendous volatility period and I don't think people know what to make of what's going on. Uh, in terms of you know the geo- geopolitical future of, of our economy, and you know I, I see us being really hot right now, and I see us slowing down uh, quite a bit. Got it. Question number three: What's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Oh, um, let's go with online lead gen. Oh, you want to expand on that? Yeah, I think um, you know some of the uh, "quote unquote" disruptors in the space have uh, have really looked to lead gen because that's what they're familiar with, and it, in an attempt to capitalize or make things easier in order to to take a, an eyeball online and get them in touch with somebody, um, they're really doing a disservice in, in terms of pumping uh, leads out there to people who are unqualified to deal with them. Um, you know, one of the reasons that you see 99% of online leads failing. Wow. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure there's also a like significant multiple over the number of deals annually that leads are generated for. It's something like, you know, 20 or 30 million leads. Well, that's hard to... hundred, a hundred million leads. hundred million leads. There's the number. 5.3 million purchases and sales. That's interesting. So, <laughs> so you get one lead, just know that it may have went to 19 other people. Uh, it, yeah, it, it definitely did. It was, it was sold 14 <laughs> times over and you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to stop getting phone calls. Yeah, that's best case scenario. Okay. All right. Question number four, the for the future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Uh, wow. Um, I think the first one is probably the title industry. That's come up a lot. Um, you know, that's one where it's, it really lends, lends itself well to a uh, blockchain model. Um, mm. And it's it's old. It's antiquated. You're already seeing you know regulations um, at the state level, at the city level, but it's it's really just going to take one municipality. And I believe there are already municipalities that are that are putting real estate through blockchain. 
There, uh, there are a few of those. A uh, few episodes back, if you listen to the episode with Nat- Natalia from Proppy, she talked about this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think um, title industry is, is definitely right. Hmm. All right. Well, we're going to move into the last three, Drew. These questions are more about you, so we get to, to get, you know, get to know you better. Uh, first one here is, what are you reading? What am I reading? I'm, I'm reading a couple of different books right now. Um, the Hard Thing About Hard Things, oh, one that yeah. started. Um, that was pretty good. Crossing the Chasm is kind of like always on my desk. That's a classic. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Um, Dan Barber's The Third Plate. Oh, I'm not familiar with this one. What's that? Oh, uh, Dan Barber's fantastic. You know uh, Blue Hill at Stone Barns? No. Dan, Dan is a pioneer in um, farm to table. He basically invented it. And uh, he opened this restaurant called Blue Hill and he manages this farm upstate New York. And he really talks about the evolution of agriculture throughout the United States, how a lot of the, the large players have um, basically you know, forced our hand as, as Americans in terms of what we eat and how we eat it. And he talks about the three plates of food. You know, it's, um, it's basically your proportion of meat to, um, to vegetables uh-huh. and how as we evolve uh, as you know, humans, as a species, um, the proportion gets smaller and smaller and smaller. We end up becoming um, closer to vegetarians, not totally vegetarian, but um, you know, the, the proportion of, of meat to vegetables gets smaller, but it's not really about that. It's, it's more so kind of uh, a, a, an insight and a look into the history of uh, our agricultural system and how it's affecting our bodies. I love it. That's actually yeah. very interesting. That's timely for me right now. Uh, I've been doing yeah, the whole 30. And, and Dan, Dan's a uh, brilliant guy. Interesting. Uh, question number two, who are you learning from? I think you have to learn from everybody. <laughs> Um, most recently, we just went through the launch accelerator, uh, run by Jason Calacanis, very oh, okay. um, angel investor, you know, learning from him almost every single day. We have some other advisors on our board who, mm-hmm. uh, um, have IP with companies and, uh, really go deep into certain spaces, but you learn from, learn from your advisors, learn from your peers, learn, learn from the people who are on the front lines working with you. Um, and, and, you know, most importantly, learn from your consumer. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great insight. Even taking, uh, learning from your consumer. Um, all right. Question number three here. Last one. What inspires you? What inspires me? I I think it's making a difference. I think it's, uh, leaving, leaving the world in a better place than you found it. Um, and just making sure that, you know, you can hold your head high every single day, making sure that you're making a difference and, uh, not taking more than you give. Um, that's kind of a cheesy answer, but I, I really feel like, you know, that's, that's kind of what drives me on a daily basis. Yeah. I don't think it's cheesy at all. I think that's good. I mean, that's a, that's a big lofty reason to be inspired and, you know, it gives you something to always strive for. Yeah, that and, uh, and an IPO. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to that. I mean, because I know you said you, the fundraising, fundraising never stops. Um, 
Drew, before we wrap up, I have to thank you so much for your time uh, in sharing about Scout, what you're doing, what you guys are working on and the future and where you're headed with it. Um, you know, there's a lot of different sites out there that I can look for reviews and things, but it's not easy to compare. I don't know what to trust, you know, and something like this is far more transparent. And I think it even sets up agents to succeed. So, uh, and if the agent succeeds in their job, that's all good for the consumer and I, and I love it. So, uh, before we officially close out, if people want to get connected to you or learn more about Scout, uh, where do they go and how do they do that? Yeah, go to trustscout.com. Um, you can always get in touch with us over there. We've got some live chat. Uh, you can reach us at info at trustscout.com uh, or call client service 646-883-0082. Um, for everybody listening, uh, we've got a premium model with different tiers of service. Uh, we're going to give everybody our second level of service, which is uh, generally $200. Um, up front, we'll give that to them for free. Oh, there you go. Love it. Well, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll be rooting for you guys from the sidelines. I want to see you guys uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, feel free to keep me in the loop as you guys make updates to the product. And uh, who knows? I don't know. We might have something down the line. We got pro- we'll have to figure out if there's ways for us to work together because it sounds like we have aligned uh, interests in seeing the consumer win. So I love it. I see that happening. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You bet. We'll see you. All right. Take care. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the TechNest podcast. Hey, don't forget you can get on the email list. You never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.